When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rolling intro. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go, let's go. Bickley and Walsh, when asking questions of your guests, would it be possible to just ask the questions and not offer up multiple choice answers? In other words, you just ask the questions and let them give you their answer. This is some of the feedback that we read out um, on the podcast because we don't have time to throughout the show. I'm going to take ownership of that text. I didn't send it, but I'm saying... um, (laughs) What did you do? Did you uh, did you ask a question and then provide a couple of answers? When, when I listen back to this kind of stuff, my biggest growth opportunity when it comes to this show, and I have several, but I'd say one of the biggest, is that I get caught away and, and carried away with asking long questions. Mm. And then normally the guest has no idea what I say. For example, yesterday I spoke to Miles Bergman with you and yes. I asked about Ken Hinckley, but at the same time asked about Josh Carr. Mm. So I get, I get caught up because I don't want the interview to go for too long. I don't know, but also... Anonymous, who sent the text, you come in and ask the questions. Yeah, well, uh, tell me about your radio background. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I mean, we're no, seriously, we like feedback. <laughs> no, we need and, feedback. We need uh, it. I waffle on too much as well, so we'll get better. There's no doubt about that. So thank you for the feedback. Always open. That's what we're about. Yeah, definitely. We need that kind of feedback because this is a show for everybody. Uh, let's uh, interesting another interesting text message about Braden Cook asking. Is he going to be an AFL player or will he be another Ogilvy miss? Now, Ogilvy, I guess, is referring to Hamish Ogilvy, Mm -hmm. head recruiter for Adelaide. I'm a bit of a fan of Braden Cook because I think he offers something different. He's he's a guy who's got some composure and he uses the ball really well. But this is my take. He he, When he was recruited, he was was probably a mid-second round pick, so early 20s. And he was coming from a long way back. So there's the, they drafted him knowing they had to be patient with him. But he does suffer from an affliction where when you make it look easy sometimes, the rest of the time it makes it makes you look like you're not trying very hard. Okay. And so there are times when uh, uh, it doesn't look like he's absolutely busting his boiler a la Rory Sloan style, who always looks like he's giving his absolute most. So he's got some upside in that area and he needs to to be more consistent and impact the game more often than he does. But he's a young player. He's got some tricks and I hope they persist with him. I've got another idea of what we can do next week. Speaking of Braden Cook, because you've you've come up with an idea of something we'll do next week. Mm. What about athletes that have occupations as surnames? (laughs) So yes. you've got Braden Cook, yeah. John Butcher. Yeah. Um, what about Luke Pedler, if he's yeah. a bike rider? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a John Carpenter or electrician <laughs> or something like that, or Stephen Gynecologist or whatever. <laughs> good one. That's a good one, right? It is. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do something like and, that. And we're open to left field ideas like that. If you think we're missing an opportunity. Yep. Footballers with 
occupations as last names. Remember the Brisbane Lions where they basically had a colour palette as mm. their squad? They had a black, a white, brown, green. Yeah, there's a lot there. So mm. um, I think things like this, this is the purpose of the podcast. We workshop things and see if it's worth taking well, to we, air. We did have a slightly uh, sort of more R-rated sort of idea. <laughs> Yeah, and without saying what it was, we started talking about Cameron Wood mm. and uh, Graham Johncock, Brad Dick, and Kane Johnson, <laughs> Dean Cox. <laughs> so you can see where that one went. Willie we Rioli thought, yeah, before we'll, he went to junior. Yeah, yeah, we'll probably leave that one alone. So we won't go with that. But you get the idea. We're happy to go down that path and and maybe explore some of the more uh, offbeat. Uh, yeah, sort of stuff that we don't sort of do on the We're radio. just feeling our way through. It's mm. been a couple of weeks and we had a great show today. We caught up with Mick Godden from the Crows. Paul Hazelby over in WA to talk about Free on West Coast. And I think we started to understand the overall unders game, kind of. At last. Yeah. yeah We're I'm... back on Tuesday. Enjoy the podcast. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Good morning to you on this Thursday. Warm one today. I mean, warm is an understatement going for 41 degrees across Adelaide. We are here in SEN SA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, the forecast has changed for today and tomorrow, back-to-back 41s. I'm not happy. Mm, Good morning, everyone. Uh, It's not ideal. We're fortunate because we work indoors, air conditioning. This is not just air conditioning in here. This feels like, remember those ice bars that you used to go to where you could wear jackets? We're in the Arctic Circle here, it feels like. It's very cool. (laughs) But I feel for people who are outdoors, people that can't get indoors, whether it's, uh, you know, People that are police officers or firemen or people that in their everyday work need to be outdoors and can't help it. Uh, we we are feeling for you today. Try and stay cool. And, for of course, for our elderly people who uh, are sometimes more affected by the heat than others. What we like to do every morning on SENSA, and you can get involved in the show, the text line 0427 uh, We say if you're listening on the app, because there's a couple of ways you can mm. listen, of course, 1629, but on the app, if you are listening, you can press a button on there, and what that will do is contact us straight away, phone or text. We like to get straight into the kitchen and talk about what's cooking. Thank you very much to our good mates at Nippies. You can quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. I was cooking yesterday. I made the silly decision to go for a run along Semaphore Beach in the 35. Yeah, what was all that about? Well, I I like to go for a run because I feel it's good for physical and mental fitness. Yes. Um, Yesterday was a poor decision because I got to the end of the run and I had to stop. And I I normally don't like stopping. And sometimes, I don't know what you're like when you run. Mm. Um, If I need to stop, sometimes I cheat myself and I press stop on my stopwatch instead of going, no, I need to see how long this last kilometre took me. Mm. So I had to cheat. What what are you like with running? Well, I'm not that competitive. I've, I've moved past that sort of guilt feeling. I'm just happy to be moving. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. So when I run, I'm sort of not checking my splits. I'm not trying to better my times. I'm just sort of out there moving, just enjoying what's watch, watching the world go by, I guess. So just happy to be upright. 
these days? Something I did want to ask you um, <laughs> today. Um, after the show, I'm jumping no, on a plane. But, but, but before we get to that, what, yeah. what are your? What's your distance? What are your splits? What are you trying to do? So I, so I feel that can compare with you. Uh, with with my running, what I like to do now is either have running for a purpose. So I still plan to play semi-competitive sport this winter and that's field hockey because I'm not good at any other sport. Mm. Um, so I play Masters and that's mm. uh, over 35 so I can run around with 60-year-old blokes and just okay. dominate. Mm-hmm. And I like that because I found that earlier <laughs> last year a lot of people strive to play at the elite level and I found my calling was Masters hockey. That's when I really decided that I was decent at playing over 35s. Mm. It took me a very long time to do that. What was the Masters games Next, no, I'm not going to do that because because you've got to pay your way to get there, and I would prefer for them to cover my expenses. Okay, do you uh, get a free tracksuit? Absolutely not. You have to pay <laughs> Australian tracksuit. You know what? It used to be if you wanted to play for the the South Australian Hot Shots in the uh, hockey tournament, the national tournament, which mm-hmm. is now called Hockey One. Yeah. So it's it's essentially the AFL of hockey. You needed to pay about fifteen hundred bucks, and that covered everything: uniform, flights, accommodation. And that was it. It's a very different sport. Some of these sports are really struggling around South mm. Australia. So I would like to do some purpose running instead of, hey, I'm going to go for a 10K run, which I don't think is good for my body. Mm. Marathon runners experience that. It's not really a good thing to do consistently. I will go for either what they call a pyramid run. Mm. So I'll run for a kilometre as fast as I can. I'll rest for three minutes. Then I'll run for 900 metres as fast as I can, rest for 2.45, and I'll go down in 15-second increments until I get to 100 metres. I thought you were going to say until you take one step. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a very pointy pyramid, wouldn't it? (laughs) um, The other one is I will run uh, 6K, Mm. but I will do 1K at every six-minute mark. So the faster I do it, the better recovery that I have, Mm -hmm. which I I feel is really good for um, not just a bit of endurance, but also for that fast anaerobic speed. Hmm. Um, but I am packing tonight because I'm heading over to Melbourne after the show today. Really? Uh, for the Australian Boomers. So the Boomers are taking on Bahrain tonight in their last FIBA World Cup qualifiers. This is why the NBL Grand Final Series has taken a little while to start. It doesn't start until next week. Okay. Um, so the Boomers that are, uh, let's be honest, they're a makeshift Boomers. There's there's not many big Put names playing. Put your hand playing. up if you want to play Boomers. Yeah, so a lot of the, the overseas players will stay overseas. They've still got some decent players there. Nick Kay's going to be the captain. Isaac Humphreys, former Adelaide um, 36er, is going to be there. They've got a game against Bahrain tonight and then uh, a match on Sunday against Kazakhstan. Traditional rivals. Yeah, traditional rivals. Um, but I've packed like I'm going away for a month. What are you like when you pack for trips? Well, I, I generally pack lightly, uh, sort of one bag sort of style, but then even... Of the one bag, I use about 10% of it. So I really think I could take one change of clothes, maybe a couple of pairs of undies and two pairs of socks, and that's it. I can get by for, you only go on for what, two or three days, are you? At at best, yeah. And I'm. Go what you're in, pack some thongs as well that you just can sort of lounge in. Yes. A t shirt and and a pair of undies. That's all you need, mate. I've packed two bags. I have What's a, in it? What do you got? I've got three pairs of shoes, so a pair of running shoes, a pair of dress shoes if I wanted to go out for dinner, and I've got some casual shoes, well, including the shoes I'm wearing now. So there's four pairs of shoes I'm it, taking for three days. Here's the thing. Like, are you going to go out to dinner? Potentially. Oh, God, you're keeping your options. I know, you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go out to dinner, can you wear your, the shoes you got on now or sneakers or your whatever you wear, basketball boots or something? <laughs> basketball boots. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and then I've got where about... Are you, where are you going to the 
the flower drum or something. <laughs> you, you've got to tie in a, in a pair of slacks to get in. I've got three or four T-shirts, oh, a couple good. of pairs of jocks, different. Nah. Uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a bit strange. So um, I'm going to have to see if I have to do um, the excess baggage. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Best buyers on big brand sale now on. We couldn't find the vision of myself knocking over a wine glass yesterday. What we like to do every morning is you have a cup of tea. And I don't know if you've noticed, do you do this on purpose? That it, there's, it, there's absolute silence in the room. <laughs> and this is all I hear. I don't. Do Is that, that an on purpose thing? No, not, I never do that when we're talking on air. But I, I have, when you have headphones on, sometimes I do that <laughs> to mock you. No, I love it. Uh, we've got a big show coming up. Uh, Paul Hazelby is over in WA from SENWA, former Frio champion. I think a lot of people forget how good Paul Hazelby mm. was as a footballer too. He was uh, a bit of a hybrid player in terms of great midfielder, could find the footy, but he could also go forward and kick some goals. I think he was the uh, the NAB rising star, or at the time it was the Norwich rising star, I think you'll find. So um, we'll talk to him at... I want you to ask him about uh, the captaincy as well. See, of course, Nat Fife has stood down. You can uh, maybe probe him on uh, who he thinks might take over. There's only a couple of captains that haven't been announced yet, so we're waiting on Geelong, mm-hmm. Frio. Essendon was announced the other day, so there's a, a couple more. Um, and every club basically has had a captain changeover. Well, which it's is quite weird. remarkable, isn't it? I guess when you have stability for a period of time, when when it all happens, it happens. But uh, like I say, about seven clubs, I think, have changed their leaders. Yep. So um, this will be good. It's it's really interesting now. The ones that embrace it and and get better, and then there'll be others that, that might battle a little bit with it. So uh, we'll wait and see and watch that uh, with, with a bit of interest. Mickey Godden from the Crows will have a chat to us too as they prepare to head over to WA. I love speaking to Mickey Godden last year in the Sandful finals because he, he knows what it takes to win premierships when it comes to the Sandful. And the, his directive to the, the players, especially in that Sandful side last year, there could have been a mentality of we're just going to take it easy and just manage our way through. When the AFL season had finished and the boys didn't need to commit um, the AFL-listed ones, there were, mm. there were a handful of AFL-listed players that were playing for contracts and wanted to play for a bit of pride. So they would have been really disappointed with their exit from the Sandful finals last year. And I think his experience and ability to nurture that young talent is mm. paramount to the club. Well, it is. And, and I look at both AFL clubs this year, and both of them are, are in really good shape physically. And what we know as an, as an almost a rule is is if you only have three or four top-up players, the Sanford, or sorry, the AFL clubs win every time. Mm. And there's a tipping point. Once it gets to seven or eight or nine players, and Port Adelaide a couple of years ago had dozens, uh, so or a dozen. So, and, and then it's almost impossible to win. So if Adelaide stays sound, if Port stays sound, and I think Adelaide have got two or three players off the track at the, at the moment out of about 40, and Port, you know, in a pretty good position as well, I think, and eventually this is going to happen, where the two AFL clubs will be powerhouses and mm. that will create some angst. So you think about Jack Magden is from Collingwood, yep. is back, and he's going to be one of their, their marquee player. Uh, blokes that uh, uh, th- there's more pressure than ever. You know, we talk about in the probables last week for Adelaide, you've got Chase Jones, you've got Ned McHenry, you've got Lockie Murphy. If all those guys drop back and play sandful footy, that will really strengthen the Adelaide side. And similar with Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide, you look at their squad and it's very difficult to pick their first 22. There's going to be some really good players miss out, which means that'll bring strength to uh, to Port Adelaide in the sample. So um, I reckon in about six weeks' time, cue the 
potentially angry Sandful fans because yes. we're going to have that age-old argument again about we don't want them in our competition. It's not fair. So uh, that that uh, and so far we haven't had one of the AFL clubs win a premiership and. And when that does happen... We got happen, close. They, they were, both teams Adelaide, have been pretty close, yeah. yeah and when that does happen, I think there's going to be... Uh, there'll be quite an outrage. MG is coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. We have a, a big show. We want to speak to you too, so you can get involved. 0427 154 166. At the end of the show today, not only will we go through our bloopers, thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. They are the best in the business, but also... You thought of your dad joke to finish off the show today? I have. It's an absolute belter. The, 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 aren't they all? Uh, they are. I'm, big, I'm a big fan of them, mate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh no matter what. Uh, okay, you better. Support me on this one. <laughs> 13 minutes past six. We'll get Jace back in the studio. Uh, Jace, our producer, has been unwell for the past couple of days. He's back. One of the things that we both have noticed, um, Sam, who did a brilliant job over the past mm. couple of days, full of energy, asked if we wanted a coffee. That hasn't happened yet, but, well, you know, it's a growth opportunity for Jace, I reckon. Oh, exactly, and sometimes a little bit of competition that brings out the best in people. <laughs> the probables <laughs> and the possibles in the producer's booth. 13 minutes past six on SENSA. Good morning. Tyre Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tyre Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 18 minutes past six. Good morning to you. More team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. We'll get to Jace, our producer, with the brekkie brainstorm in a moment. Bix, uh, three very quick things that we'll cover on the show today. Uh, we'll give all the details about who was inducted to the Port Adelaide Hall of Fame very yes. soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their season launch last night. Throughout the show yesterday, I was giving scores in the Champions League, the round of 16, the first leg, and I stopped at uh, Liverpool doing really well against Real Madrid. 2-1. Early in the first. Ended up losing 5-2. So Real Madrid <laughs> ended up doing that in Anfield as well. So that's that's brilliant, a replay of the final of last year. And we have to talk about Ashton Agar at some stage. Mm. I feel so sorry for him. What's He seems like the unluckiest man in international cricket because you remember how he got his start. It was a lifetime ago, it seems, wasn't it? It was over there to take wickets. Ended up making 99 or something in the Ashes and then um, gets taken over there as one of the, the choices to play alongside Nathan Lyon. Doesn't even get a look in. Goes over there, experiences the humidity of India, then comes home. So he's got a fair bit of work to do, and we are glad that this man is back to do a bit more work with us too, Jace, with our breaking brainstorm. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hey, welcome back, Jace. How are you going? How are you feeling? You've been quite unwell. We're happy to see you healthy. Uh, I'm feeling great. Um, never really an issue in how I felt, uh, but my leg decided to develop a case of elephant titus. So you can't even notice it. No, no. It's only three <laughs> times the size of <laughs> your average human leg. But yeah. look, it is what it is. Uh, an extra stay over. And I was listening to you talking about your packing before, actually. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a flying trip to Port Lincoln for me where it, where this uh, came down. So um, I literally had an overnight bag packed and that was it, carry-on luggage. Um, so uh, the extra night in hospital over there in Lincoln wasn't really good. Didn't have any extra um, clothes or anything, really. Okay. So it Have just, you changed your clothes since then? <laughs> no. Well, neither's Bix. Bix is no, wearing the same no. T-shirt he's worn all week too. I don't What's happening? Do we need to all have a chat? Excuse me, it's not the same shirt. What do you mean? Did you buy three of the same looking shirt? Well, exactly. You've got a uniform. Yeah. I, I'm a minimalist. I just buy the thing. I have about three things that I like and I just re- repeat. Buy lots of them. Okay. 
rinse and repeat. Well, I, next week you are going to bring in the other one so okay. I can see that yes. you have two, all right? Look at the logo. Yeah, it's Blaze, the same one. There's blazer. a B on it for Bickley. I guess you have <laughs> monogram. a uniform. You've got your own monogram. That's when you know you've made it, no, when you've it got your own He's monogram like Dwight shirt. York. He has his initials on the front I of his uniform. It's, uh, it's Blazer. That's the brand. Oh, I don't know. I think you're wearing the Bickley brand. That's okay. Mm, what do you got for us, Jace? Uh, a couple of things on Twitter today already. So... Who are you bringing home from a Melbourne-based or interstate club? Not Melbourne-based, but any interstate club. Mm. Who's coming back to Adelaide? Uh, we've we heard you guys talking about that before, but I want to know who the listeners would like to bring back to their club. Can I just give people a little bit of a heads up on what to think about here? Because instantly you think of, oh, Lockie Neal, what a great player. He's at the top of his game right now. But how many years do you get out of Lockie Neal? And then you think of someone like... Uh, uh, Nazaya Wanganin Malira, who is 19 years of age, I'm, I'm thinking from an Adelaide perspective there, my team, he's the exact player I think that Adelaide need. He carries the ball. He's a beautiful kick. And maybe you get 11 or 12 years out of him. So it's sort of, it's a multifaceted question. I think the thing there, though, boys, too, is you have to be honest as to where each club is at. So mm. if you're Port Adelaide and you think your foot's on the till, you're ready to go right now, Lockie Neal's probably an option for That's you. It. Is he an option for the Adelaide Crows? Well, we'd love to have him playing at the Crows, I'm sure. But I see your point. Mm. So I know maybe, maybe he's going made, longer term. You've yeah. made it more challenging because in my mind straight away, and I've all, as soon as I saw this kid playing for Woodville West Tyrants in the juniors, I thought Cozzy Pickett is going to be a, an incredible player mm-hmm. and Port Adelaide would love to have him. But at this point, Junior Rioli has been drafted or recruited and brought home from the West Coast Eagles. Arazio is fully fit. So there he's not going to be serving a purpose at this point. So Mm. I've got to think out. See, this is why I love you, Bix. Just just giving you a little bit of a... A life lesson. Yeah, I like it. So we've got to think about this stuff. So it could be a current player. It all started yesterday because I saw that Will Haywood was in the leadership group for the Sydney Swans. And he's a brilliant South Australian that I think would be uh, fantastic for Port Adelaide. But... Whose spot does he take? So um, have a think about it. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll thread some names through uh, throughout the show. Uh, I've just realised I've walked into this studio in bare feet because of my condition. With no, my we noticed that That's too. That's a bad idea at the moment. <laughs> uh, Smash anyway, I uh, didn't think that through at all. Let's have a look at some of our Twitter polls that are up at the moment. So James Anderson has gone past Pat Cummins as the number one bowler in world cricket at the moment. Anderson and Broad have also taken more wickets now combined than Warren and McGrath did. It wow. begs the question, who's the best bowling pairing of all time? Now, I've gone with three options and an other here. So I've gone in the end with Warren and McGrath, Broad and Anderson, and a West Indian pairing that gets forgotten um, too often, and that being uh, Curtly Ambrose and Courtney Walsh. They took a lot of wickets between <clears> them as well. What about if you go back a little bit? I know they wouldn't have taken the most wickets, but... Someone like a Malcolm Marshall and Michael Holding mm. were pretty daunting. This is that Chuck in Andy year, Roberts yeah. as well, but because what happens nowadays? So much more cricket, so many more games. I'd like to see a comparison, uh, maybe whether it's strike rate or whether it's averages mm. per Test match, because you know Lillian the like didn't play anywhere near the hundred Test matches that uh, I'd love to see Lillian Thompson play the same number of Test matches as Anderson and Broad, whether or not. They would have been up there. So that's an option as well. Mm. And on the back of Port Adelaide's Hall of Fame last night, who is Port Adelaide's best ever player in the AFL era? I want to hear from Port Adelaide fans on this. 
Given you four options, there may be others out there, but I think these are the four that stand out for mine anyway. Obviously, Gavin Wanganeen, that's uh, an option. Warren Treadray, the man who held the cup aloft in 2004. And then two of our current day greats at Port Adelaide in Travis Boak, who I don't think, personally for me, I don't think there's been anyone better. And, uh, well, a man who won the Brownlow medal in Ollie Wines. Mm. Mm. Let yep. us know. We are on social media. You can send us a text to 0427 154 166. I get a feeling that the fire alarm's about to go off yeah, in here. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the fire alarm in the building might go off, which <laughs> is going to be a start. So there's a chance we will be back after this, but if not, um, we'll be back at some stage. It's SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Just on 29 minutes to 7. Happy Thursday. 41 degrees we are going for today, so stay hydrated. You can do that with nippies this summer. And uh, if you are the text or caller of the week, you will win a Cricket Stump Esky filled with nippies ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Before we go to the news, Bix, we've got a couple of texts. Yes, uh, someone pointing up Wazim and Wakar. So Wazim Akram and Wakar Yunus uh, as the best bowling combination. Uh, What about Imran Khan and Safraz Nawaz? (laughs) You just wanted to say. Then, you just I, wanted, really I saw you get excited. <laughs> That's better than you saying uh, Nokia yesterday instead of Nokia. Yeah, that was hard. Uh, and <laughs> this one in reply to who's been Port Adelaide's greatest ever player in the AFL era, Warren by a street. That's Paul from Melbourne. Tend to agree with that, Paul. After the break, we are going to go and have a look at our SEN Spotlight. Uh, yesterday, Kimbo and the Roots were talking about the preseason competition, Adelaide and Port Adelaide about to play their trial matches against Frio and West Coast, respectively. And Kim Dillon's had some ideas about the preseason comp. We'll discuss it next. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 25 minutes to seven. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company, Mark Bickley, having a look outside on King William Street this morning. The tram goes past. It's going to be a beautiful day. We always think that it looks cold outside, but then you step Far outside. Far cold today. Oh, my goodness. Let's have a look at the SEN Spotlight. I think that your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. Yes, indeed, the spotlight, uh, the SEN spotlight. And Kimbo and Roach last night having a discussion. Kimbo raised whether we should be putting a little bit more emphasis on the pre-season cup. Bring it back and, I guess, uh, put some gravitas behind it. I'm an advocate for it, Roach. I think it's been pretty Mickey Mouse and all over the shop in recent years. Uh, I understand, and to me, it was a vocal minority that poo-pooed the pre-season competition because some clubs weren't taking it as serious as they should. Other people couldn't get their heads around that, of course, senior players are going to be rested when it's a pre-season competition, but it was still club a club against club and there was a bit hanging on it, whereas it doesn't seem to be as much now. I can't understand why we wouldn't bring it back, have a round-robin type competition of three games and then the two best sides at the end of that. So a four-week pre-season. Yep. Mm, There you go, Kimbo, four-week pre-season. I think that I would rather go the other way. 
I think uh, there's uh, a couple of practice matches which we're playing. We're going to have one serious hit out. This is all clubs against opposition with um, umpires, and there's yep. a couple of you know the different variations of rules, and there's four umpires. I think the um, the season is getting longer. Uh, we've increased it by one game this year with the gather round. I think what would be better is let's have no serious hit outs and let's let's go into the season. Like we're, we're going to watch Adelaide play uh, Fremantle tonight and say, oh, I wonder how Adelaide are going to go. And there's a bit of interest in that. Imagine if we're going into round one with actual points on the end of it, not really knowing what your team's going to produce, not really knowing – are North Melbourne going to improve? What are Hawthorne going to be like? Mm. Can uh, Geelong still be hungry again? What are their recruits like? I think it creates um, real interest the other way, where it builds anticipation. And it's not it's not totally new because Formula One, what do they have? One practice session and then bam, they're into it. So I, I hear what Kim's saying and Kim's saying for the best preparation of the team, yes, it probably would be have three really um, – high-quality hit-outs, and you get an opportunity to look at all your young players. I think sometimes, and the BBL is a good example of this, less is more. The one advantage of the pre-season comp, whether it's official under what it used to be with the Wizard Cup or the Ansett Cup, what I loved about it is it took the AFL to regional areas where they probably wouldn't have as many opportunities Mm -hmm. to see AFL teams play. The other thing is if you are removing... Um, practice matches or pre-season matches and just restricting them to internal trials. Does that mean we have an expectation that the first five rounds of the AFL season might be pretty scrappy? Because there's a difference between playing an internal trial and playing against opposition, which we'll find over the next few days with the the Crows and Port playing free on West Coast. Mm, Yeah, that's a good point. I'm I'm not so sure. I reckon round one, um, what you'll do is you'll play those internal trials. Uh, you'll have, you can have a trial match like this this week where it's a six-quarter. You'll play against another club, so you can test your tactics. But it's not four quarters. It's not time on. It's not all the, the bells and whistles. But And um, match sim these days, they can replicate anything pretty much at the, on their training. So they'll, they'll get themselves organized. And isn't that what we're about? Isn't, aren't we trying to see who's the best team, who can prepare the best? And if you're scrappy, because you're a bit rough, uh, you know, in the first three or four rounds, we'll get yourself organised. Train harder. Be better. So when you were playing then, if you were doing an internal trial and then you go play an opposition the following Mm -hmm. week, I'll use Sam Pepper as an example from Friday at Alberton. I saw him going in really hard like Mm -hmm. it was an actual game. But I still think there'd be a little bit of a a mentality of, I don't want to injure one of my teammates. Is that an accurate statement or you don't think about that when you're playing? Um, There's probably, you know, a 1% type arrangement where you don't, you know, if a player's backing back and you're coming out, you're not going to absolutely go full full throttle and, and run through him. So I get that. But players, they learn to switch that on and switch that off, I think. And I don't know. I just feel like um, let's, let's build the anticipation. Let's uh, have the 23 games that we're playing. Let's, let's make them the absolute showcase. Uh, and if it means we take three or four out at the start, um, I think that can only be a good thing. Yesterday, SENWA had a chat to Nathan Van Berlo from the Crows about their expectations moving into 2023. Oh, look, we we want to keep growing our game, Tim, and that's and and we firmly believe that if we if we play to our best and we 
we stay fit and healthy and we give ourselves the best chance, there's no reason why we can't compete with the best size in the comp and, and put ourselves up and around that finals contention. Um, you know, last last couple of years, we've lost a number of games by two goals or less. That Had we won those, we put ourselves in a completely different predicament. I mean, you look at Collingwood last year, for example, but what we've been building in our game the last couple of years is you know, our want and ability to stay in the fight uh, and be really hard to play against. So we're hoping that that, you know, underpins our game and that we can now add a bit of polish to our game that hopefully, you know, um, gets us more of those positive results uh, and the confidence in the group grows and then you just never know. Yeah, there you go. Nathan Van Bello. you just never know. And as he, he used Collingwood as an example, when Craig McRae took over, they were 17th and they were in, ended up being one point away from playing a grand final. So they're hoping that um, they can improve at a faster rate than everyone else. Nathan mentioned lost a lot of games by under two goals, you know, hoping to flip those results around. Port Adelaide, very similar. We mm. talked about them. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? It just goes to show really fine margins between teams. It, it, it can literally be, can you nail two or three of those close games and, and that can be the difference between playing finals and not. Also had a chat about uh, one of the prize recruits in the AFL this season for the Crows. It's Isaac Rankin. He definitely will be in and around the ball uh, a lot more than what he has been at, at the Gold Coast Suns. It was sort of something that he really wanted to do coming to, to our footy club. Uh, and he spent the whole summer training with uh, the midfield group and he spent time forward as well, obviously learning the craft and the, the systems that we have ahead of the ball. Um, but he's got a skill set and um, I guess just more or less his polish around the footy when he gets the ball in hand and his cleanliness at ground level makes him um, a weapon that we want to have up and around the footy. So, um, you know, we'll no doubt showcase hopefully a bit of that on, on Friday. Where we... mm, there you go. I think that's a good move. We saw a little bit of it. Um, it's weather. It's always going to be a balancing act. I think there's going to be a lot of arguments in the coach's box. The forward coach is going to be saying, give me Rankin up forward. And the midfield coach is going to be saying, yeah, let me play him in the midfield. Because um, what we saw on the weekend, kick five goals as a forward. Now, he might be great around the ball, but there's not many small guys who can kick you a handful of goals. And, and if a small forward's kicking five, you'd win probably 90% of those games. So uh, if he plays in the midfield and he has, let's say he has 15 touches through the midfield and goes forward and kicks one goal, is that the best value for money? Or is he better off having eight touches a la Charlie Cameron for Brisbane Mm. and kicking four goals? Uh, do you get more bang for your buck? So that'll be the balancing act that Adelaide will be trying to find. Text come through 0427 Thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. This is from Brad who says, Sorry, Kimbo, you are living in the past with the preseason comp. Might have been the way back in the 80s when he played Sandiford. But Bix's idea is much better. Extend the actual season. Had a few more texts coming through about the Redbacks. We haven't even spoken about them yet, which, I mean, we're a little bit nervous about speaking about the Redbacks again. We'll do that next and also have a chat to Daniel, who's given us a call. It's 16 minutes to 7. Tyre Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tyre Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 11 minutes to 7. Happy Thursday morning. Only two more days of 41. Then it gets a bit cooler on Saturday. 24. Cannot wait for that. Uh, we are in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And Bix, you can always give us a call, one 736 736 And we have uh, a call coming through into Studio Lumo. And that is from Daniel. Morning, Daniel. I'm going to wash you. Morning, Bix. Uh, how are you, Daniel? Now you want to talk about the Redbacks? Oh, pretty good. I'm just... Well, 
How poor does it make the Redback system look? If you've got a bloke that bowls 160 or 150k left arm entering Yorkers, been playing great for you for 10 years, can't get a look in, but gets picked from obscurity to play BBL, dominates, and finally gets to go in the shoe in the one-day team. How bad is our system? Yeah, well, look, I, I guess it's... Um yeah, it's a reflection that we haven't been able to identify that talent. Earlier. Sorry about Spencer Johnson, who yeah. picked up six wickets in the victorious second innings in the another dismal performance mm. by the Red Yeah, it, it it does seem strange. You, you wouldn't have thought he would have improved that much over one one uh, preseason for in cricket, but I guess the disappointment is the inconsistency of the Redbacks again. Like just when you feel like they're making progress uh, and. You know, the day one, they bowl, bowl Victoria out for 165. You're thinking, this is fantastic. They're going to uh, have another opportunity to get another win. And then they, unfortunately, their batting let, lets them down. And lets them down poorly, 116 or something of the like in the first innings. And then in the second innings, take Ben Menenti out of that, and it's a disaster again. You know, and Ben Menenti's not a, he's not a first-choice batsman. He's a he's a batting all rounder, or sorry, a bowling all rounder at, at best, isn't he? They started really poorly too in the second innings yesterday. Um, Henry Hunt, who failed twice, the skipper. We spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. It was one for four, two for four. Carter went three for nineteen, four for twenty-seven, mm. and then we we managed to put on a little bit of a partnership between um, Jake Lehman and Daniel Drew. But Daniel Drew. 38 off 110. Well, at least he actually tried to dig in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's again we're in a we're in a position where it was this time last week we were celebrating a win for the Redbacks, and here we are uh, where questions will need to be asked mm. as they continually are each season because we've got the players, we've got the development. Where's Agar, a shining light in Australian cricket? He's there. Mm. Um, Henry Hunt was the the winner of the medal last year, the Danzy Medal. So. Uh, I mean, you can only be disappointed so many times. <laughs> yeah, well, it's ex- exacerbated now is probably the word. And and it's and we know it's not through any lack of uh, hard work, you know. And, and, you know, most people think that uh, Dizzy Gillespie is a, a quality person. He knows exactly what he's doing and that. But they just haven't been able to get any sort of consistency with their performance. Good sessions, good days, but they just can't consistently put three or four days together, which is what is required to win... Um, cricket in, in a longer form. Compared to the past couple of seasons, we are around the mark at the moment, sitting mid-table in both the Shield and the one-day competition. Mm. The one-day side looks um, pretty competitive where, fingers crossed, they continue their trajectory and hopefully play finals, but we've got to keep on supporting and the, them. the only other good thing to understand as well is we've got two players in the test team. Now, yes. There was a long period where South Australia had no test representation, so... Uh, I, I think that's, you know, one of the roles of, of our cricket state is to produce test players, and we have done that. So um, I guess that's worth not mentioning as well. SNSA Breakfast Sports Update. Okay, let's start with the world game. The year has started very well for the Matildas, who have been crowned Cup of Nations champions. The Australians clinched the four-team tournament in Newcastle uh, last night with a 3-0 win over Jamaica. We thought that might happen. It was the Matildas' third win from three Cup of Nation matches and their seventh victory in succession in a positive sign for the Aussies ahead of the FIFA Women's World Cup, which starts in July. And there's the yellow card. Confirmation for Katrina Gorry. Here she is hitting that. Oh, the yellow card won't matter one little bit. 
Katrina Gori. She has been fired up for this one since the opening minute, and she's fired the Matildas in front. Grant into Gori. This is nicely done. Here's Chidiak, who turns one way, then the other, and Chidiak scores. If you're playing football with your club, as here comes Caitlin Ford again, who hits it. Wonderful! What a strike from Caitlin Ford. A little one-two on the edge of the box. She lets fly. Easy as you like. 3-0. A big congratulations to the Combank Matildas, winners of the 2023 Cup of Nations. The best they can do for their preparation for the FIFA Women's World Cup. It was announced uh, over the past 48 hours that they and the Socceroos will play over in England. They'll play against um, the English sides, which is a brilliant preparation for them. Um, also in the world game at the moment, we mentioned yesterday Real Madrid getting that victory over Liverpool 5-2. There are two games this morning, um, and RB Leipzig, I did very well then, uh, playing against Man City. It is nil all at the moment in the 25th minute, and Inter in the other game of playing Porto, and that is also nil all. So there's a fair bit going on with no goals, no goals scored in either game. <laughs> Tell me about the, the FIFA Women's World Cup that's going to be here in Australia. Yeah. How big is that going to be? I, I, I think there's a lot of people here who won't understand that this is going to... I think it's going to capture our imagination for, uh, for the period that it's on. How long will it run for? Probably close to a month? Or? Yes, and I think the, the significance of the Women's World Cup is more than football. If you think about in 2020, the Women's World Cup of cricket, which mm. Australia won, the legacy that that leaves in Australian sport, I was only speaking about this the other day, the final of the Women's World Cup in 2020 was held on International Women's Day, um, and you now see the IPL where financially our women cricketers are getting the money that mm. they deserve. For football... This is a sport which was in a similar position to cricket where it's not high profile here. There's major competition in Australia for some of our young footballers where they may not be getting financially rewarded for playing their sport. There are sports like AFLW which are poaching players and getting them over there. You look at Mariana Rajic, who is a a Crows Premiership player, used to be the captain of Adelaide United. What the World Cup will do for awareness of the game, for growth of the game, is money can't buy that kind of stuff. And it's also going to, again, put Australian football on the map. And if we ever want to host a men's World Cup Mm. here, this is the perfect stepping stone for us here and in New Zealand. And the other great thing is our women's team is ranked right up there and will be a a very, very good chance of of going deep, if not uh, taking out the whole competition. Can you imagine, similarly to the Australian women's cricket team, if we manage to make the final and win the women's Mm. World Cup final here in Australia, that would be one of the biggest sporting events and success stories in Australian sporting history. And and what you talked about with the women, AFLW, you've got the netball uh, competition. It is a competition for athletes. You you are vying for the best athletes and cricket is chucked in there as well. So um, being able to showcase your sport, your event, the positives of it, which is it's a world game like cricket, yeah, I, I think that's going to be, yeah, it could be transformational for, for women's football. I think I'm passionate about it also, and you would be the same, because we've both got daughters, mm-hmm. so you can take your daughters and you can say, here's a clear pathway of what you can do if you choose that career path. That's that's right in front of you. You are looking at something that you could be and aspire to be 
it's right there. So I think that excites me as a, a girl dad too. Indeed. Okay, let's talk some golf. And uh, great news for Australian golf star Cameron Smith. He's going to be allowed to defend his British Open title in July after tournament organisers confirmed that Live Golf members were still eligible to play in the world's oldest major championship. Now, Smith, who became the first Aussie in almost 30 years to win the British Open last July, he switched to Greg Norman's Live Golf on a deal. How about this one? Reportedly worth $140 million. That was following his victory at St Andrews. Live golfers were allowed to play in last year's British Open as the golf world battled with the emergence of Live, I should say, but are banned from playing on the PGA Tour. They have been given the green light to play in the Masters at Augusta and now at Royal Liverpool for this year's Open from July 20 to 23. So it does feel like the impasse is starting to sort of thaw. Yes. And... Um, for the supporters of Live, you know, it's it has been controversial, uh, but they they always said that the uh, the tour has always held all the cards, the, uh, the the PGA Tour, and that when some competition came, it'd be better for golf. Are we starting to see that? Yes, yet maybe we are. Update in the Champions League. It's happened while we were speaking. Man City have scored. So Man City are leading 1-0 at the moment against uh, RB Leipzig. And and for all those Port fans out there, uh, it was their season launch last night. It was all, also, uh, they announced their Hall of Fame yes. inductees. Now, I'll do a quick summation here, but we'll do this in greater depth uh, after 7 o'clock because there are a number of inductees, uh, and not all of them are football. There's some that were based around how the, um, the AFL club was formed. There was a steering committee that were all inducted, but... In a nutshell, um, Chad Corns was inducted. I don't think there's anyone that would say that is not a great uh, uh, in, induction. Uh, Rowan Smith and Roger Delaney, two all-time stars for the Port Adelaide Magpies. Uh, they each won six premierships. And Peter Obst was uh, posthumously elevated into the Hall of Fame, recognising his significant Posthumously, I think the, the phrase is. Happy, <laughs> happy to be corrected. <laughs> um his contribution uh, to a family legacy. It's a great uh, and famous Port Adelaide name. We are asking the question as well as the greatest Port Adelaide player of all time. Let us know because we will do a deep dive into the season launch and the Hall of Fame because there's a lot to be celebrated. We will do that next. 0427-154-166. Because I also want to ask you about the role of a captain because you are very familiar with that role, captain of this show and also captain <laughs> of the Adelaide Crows Who, who anointed me that? Uh, you did. Did we have a vote? Uh, yeah, it was unanimous between the two of us here. It's 7 o'clock on SENSA. Good morning. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Big hour coming up, not too far away. We will speak to Mick Godden from the Adelaide Crows and Paul Hazelby, who's over at our friends at SENWA, getting ready to take on both of our teams too. The daily agenda in a couple of seconds, Mark Bickley, but we spoke off Port Adelaide season launch and Hall of Fame last night. Before we do a bit more of a deep dive into that, this is Ken Hingley talking about the strength of the list moving into 2023. It's as good a list as we've had in my time, and that's not being disrespectful to any of the boys gone in the past, but it's, the reality is we've built this group over a good little period of time now, since about 2018, and now they're really starting to... Um, They've probably taken over a little bit from Tom and Trav and the older boys, uh, Charlie. So they're starting to become, you know, we're just part of the show now, not the show. So the young boys are becoming the show a bit more. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's quite um, bullish from Ken Hinckley. This is the best list in my time. Now, remembering 
they've played in a number of prelim finals and had a lot of winning seasons. So, you know, for me, a lot of people are saying, oh, Ken Hinckley's got to do X, Y, and Z to stay as the coach. He's not, he's not resiling or coming back, you know, sort of stepping back from that. He's actually gone the other way and said that he has high expectations because you know what, we've got, you've given me the tools to be a really good side this year. So, He's got nothing to lose, though, does he? Like, I I feel like he needs to say those kind of things. Mm. Like, of course, the list is brilliant, and I love hearing Ken say that. But I I think from what we're hearing from some of the the players, even yesterday, Miles Bergman saying that there's a bit more education now in regards to how the message is being communicated. Ken needs to be pretty bullish and say, we've got what it takes. Yeah, but I still think uh, he could say, you know what, we've had a great preseason, but you just never know with injuries. You know, you could mm. put a few caveats on that. I think he's gone the other way and just said, we've had a great preseason. We've got our best ever list. So I'm looking forward to it. So he hasn't really given himself any outs there at all, has mm. he? he? Like right now, if they don't go deep into the finals, people will say, well, hang on a minute. Um, you've, you've, you've said this is the best ever list. You've had other lists that you've taken to within a kick of a grand final. So the expect he's put the expectation right up there again. So full credit to him. He's pretty bullish on it. Uh, and it was a big night for Port Adelaide last night. So uh, he spoke, of course, about the season. Tom Jonas spoke, but it was also an opportunity to recognise uh, some really important people to the club. Of course, they uh, inducted a number of players and administrators into the uh, their Hall of Fame. I mentioned just before the news, Rowan Smith, Roger Jelaney, uh, were both inducted after they won six premierships. Peter Obst uh, was inducted as well, posthumously. Uh, he was uh, a player in um, a record-breaking six-in-a-row premiership sides from 54 to 59, and then also um, a side which won premierships in 62, 63, and 65. That's a golden era there, isn't it? Um, we mentioned Chad Corns, uh, current assistant coach, but his playing career was obviously what got him in there. He joins his brother Kane. Just the second pair of brothers in there. He joined Stephen and Mark Williams, to be honoured. And then there was this special induction event, which um, uh, recognised a group uh, who who steered the club on a steering committee to from, you know, I think it was around 1990, 1991, right through to being included in the AFL in 1996. And some names uh, we're talking about were Jim Nitsky, Barry Wilson, uh, Jeff Monteleone, David Judd, Phil Hoffman, Frank Hayter, Ian McLaughlin, Robert Howie, and Tony Hobby. And they also joined former club presidents Bruce Weber, Greg Bolton, and former CEO Brian Cunningham. So I'm surprised Bucky wasn't in there as a mm. player, uh, but he gets inducted there last night. So that whole group of people there, they were, I guess, recognised as people that were so important in doing all the groundwork to be accepted as the next license into the AFL. What I really like about how Port Adelaide do this is the sentiment of having the Hall of Fame at the start of the season, I think really sets the tone and the emotion leading into a year. I think sometimes a Hall of Fame is done at the conclusion of a season. The Adelaide 36ers, for example, do their Hall of Fame at their um, end of season awards. I really like doing it at the start of the year and the season launch because I think it's a, it's a celebration, but then you can also set the tone for the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. It is a, it's a great opportunity. What, what it does, the season launch is a big event. It's, a, it's an opportunity to invite everyone that's a, a stakeholder to come and, I guess, get excited about the year ahead. You hear from your captain, you hear from your coach. And whilst everyone's there, then we recognise those that are really important to us. 
Uh, Adelaide do it slightly different. They recognise their life members uh, at the season launch. They have a separate event for the for the Hall of Fame every four years. So for Adelaide, it's it's those life members, and we get a, get to hear from the people who have made contributions. But um, it's really the same reasoning around. We've got all our people here, mm. uh, the, all the, the people that are important to us, and we get a chance to showcase those who have made a really strong contribution to our club. Let's get into this. Agenda! see the uh, touch screens being fixed here in studio. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty fingers of it. Oh, my gosh. Just get, again. No, I get nervous because I'm here with the uh, two-time premiership skipper of the Adelaide Crows. I actually wanted to talk about being a captain. This has been on the top of my mind for uh, a long time, Bix, and I'm glad you're here to ask you this question. All of the pressure when it comes to the Australian cricket team over the past few weeks, especially in India, the changeover from Justin Lagan and Andrew McDonald is the pressure of the coach and their role in the Australian cricket team. Yes. Always like to compare sports and we do that. We live in a comparative world and you look at the role of the captain and the coach in cricket compared to AFL. I'm of the belief that the role of the coach is more important in AFL mm. and the role of the captain is more important in cricket. So let me break this down for you. Yes. Look at the Australian cricket team right now. The role of Andrew McDonald is to make sure the team have the right mentality when heading out to play. As soon as the team gets onto the field, he has no input apart from drinks, breaks, intervals such as lunch and Mm. tea, Mm. but he's not the one determining who's going to be taking the new ball, who is going to be responsible for the bowling changes. One of the bits of feedback that was given uh, in relation to the second test that Pat Cummins could have bowled himself a little That's bit right. more. Mm. So he's in charge. Now you change that to the AFL. Um, the head coaches are the ones that are leading everything. Running the show. During the week at all of the intervals, they are doing positional changes. So I wanted to get your view on this because I feel that Andrew McDonald is the one who's under the most pressure at the moment, the most comparisons to Justin Langer, where is Pat Cummins under enough pressure as the captain making these decisions on the field? Mm. So I guess it's a bit two-pronged. The role of the captain, where is it sit when it comes to importance and coach? And is Pat Cummins under enough pressure? I think you've summed it up really well. That in, in football terms, the captain is important because he's out on the field and he can he can uh, maintain and monitor standards. You know, So if he sees something that, that someone didn't do really well, he can talk about that. There's breaks in the games where you can talk. But the captain is one of probably six players in an AFL football team that does that sort of stuff. Generally, you have one player in defence, one in the forward line, maybe one or two in the midfield who are all giving instruction and and – uh, like I said, monitoring and, and talking about how they're going on the field. But they're not the main person. The coach is absolutely the main person and sets the tone during the week, uh, is really responsible for the review of the game, which is very, very important, and the preparation for the game. You can also notice a, there's a noticeable change in game style too. If you look at Ross Lyon, who's back at the Saints now, we're all wondering whether he's going to adopt mm. his old-school defensive, defensive style. Yeah. That's the, the coach has a noticeable game plan where in cricket it may not be as much. I guess I'm, I'm contradicting myself mm. when you look at England with baseball, but who knows? <laughs> well, the other thing about um, cricket is coaching in in relative terms is a new phenomenon. You know, like Talk about Ian Chappell. Did Ian Chappell have a coach? Did the Australian cricket team have a coach? No, Ian just would have run the whole show. So 
the captain in cricket is is much more powerful. You know, the, the select selection. Not many AFL captains are on selection, mm. so you pick your side. Uh, you, you talked about the bowling changes. You talk about the batting order. All those things they're done in consultation with the coach, but. It really is more traditional that the the captain has a lot wields a lot more power. So, when you talk about the question of who should be under more pressure, Pat Cummins, I think, uh, is well, it's difficult because they're both relatively new to mm. the to the positions. But Pat Cummins has been doing it longer than what Andrew McDonald has been, and I think Andrew McDonald, whilst I've been a little bit critical of him, and and even to a point his appointment because he was there and just continued to stay there. I thought it was an easy out for Cricket Australia. You've got to actually give him some time and, and you've got to let him um, put his stamp on this team. And as yet, you know, it's, it's a little bit early to, to say whether he's done that. I think at the end of England, we'll have a bit of a look. We'll get a chance to see how did he respond to the pressure that's that's happened in India. How does he respond with the players when they have subpar performances? Pat Cummins, on the other hand, been at it a bit longer Um should have grown into the position. And, and I think that the pressure comes from the disappointment of this has been one of the first times that side and him personally have really been challenged and they've, they've, they haven't reached the uh, the standard that we like. So big chance for him now to come back. He's come back to Australia. He gets a chance to regroup when he gets back over to India. I think most people want to see him be a bit more assertive in the way he goes about it. And um, that, that's in his captaincy and, for the side to be a bit more measured in the way I go about it, it was all slapdash in in sort of my opinion, the way the batting collapses mm. all happened. So I, I would think that they would want to look a little bit more organised, a little bit more planned and, and show a bit more fight than what they did in, in tests one and two. Paul has sent us a text, 0427154166, entirely correct on the cricket captaincy. Cricket coaches are just that, not managers, as in the EPL. Can you imagine Ian Chappell or Don Bradman taking a cracking seat to coach? Not a chance. Paul. Mm. So thank you for that, Paul. Would love to know your think, uh, your thoughts, the role of the captain. Let us know. And just, spe- just on that, while we're talking other sports, because we've we've compared two of a number of sports. I, I watch basketball. I'm not an aficionado like you are, but mm. I would think the basketball coach has a fair input as well because he's right there. He can talk to the players when they're on the court. Yes. You have timeouts. You can stop the game. Phil Jackson you- implemented the triangle, which uh, was the result of um, his intellect, which then resulted in Chicago and Los Angeles. Uh, yes, the coach but has a big call, role. Cool plays as well. There might be, you know, one play to go in the game. He's the one that decides... Unless you're coaching LeBron James, <laughs> exactly. who then dictates give, everything. Give and if he LeBron. doesn't like you, you are sacked. So <laughs> let us know your thoughts. We are here. Thanks to MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. We are going to speak to another coach next. And that is Mick Godden from the Adelaide Crows. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 20 minutes past seven, the caller of the week will win a cricket stump esky filled with Nippy's ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. We'll get to Mickey Godden in a couple of seconds, Mark Bickley. I've just 
had a look online for some breaking news coming out of mm. Tasmania. Um, a good friend of the show, Brent Costello, who's a big name in Tasmania. He works for the Tassie Jack Jumpers in the NBL. The Mercury, the newspaper over there, so the advertiser equivalent, reporting that Gil McLaughlin is going to announce the AFL will put $360 million into a Tassie team, conting- uh, contingent on stadium, including funding towards the stadium, $90 million for game development, and $30 million for young talent. So, Over what time frame is that? I think that's probably sounds like a decade, doesn't it? Well, I'll have to do a bit more of a deeper dive into that, but um, it's big. It is, and and I know that the, all contingent on the stadium. They want a they want a boutique stadium, probably around twenty five thousand people with a roof, and I think that's going to be the 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 either the clincher or or not. And if they if the government can commit to building that, I think it'll go ahead. If not, I think it's gonna there's gonna be some more negotiation. What they also should put in was like they had at the World Cup in Qatar where they had air conditioners blasting into the stadiums. They need heaters blasting into the stadiums <laughs> if they're gonna do that in Hobart. Um they certainly don't need that over in Western Australia. They are experiencing the same heat wave that we are here in SA as the Adelaide Crows prepare to head over and take on the Dockers, one of the coaching staff, and of course, brilliant resume when it comes to his own coaching career in the Sandful is Michael Godden. Morning, Mickey. How's your morning going? Uh, not too bad, thanks, fellas. Yeah, beautiful morning. Yeah, it is indeed. Hey, Mick, can we start with yourself firstly? Uh, you're going to be coaching the uh, the Crow Sandful team. Will you play any other role? What what other role within the club will you play? Yeah, so I wear many hats, mm. Mick. So I've, um, uh, obviously, I, I help uh, Nathan Lambello with the midfield, so I do Midfield assistant, um, and a couple of times last year, sort of helped him out when he was unable due to mm. COVID to step up. So I did that. Also, my, my main role match day is a bench coach. So I sit down there, talk directly to Nixie, manage the boys on the bench. So that's my match day role. And then during the week, you know, all the other things like selection, mm. training, planning, planning, training reviews, meetings, etc. So yeah. Many, many hats, uh, which, I, which I really enjoy. I love jumping from one thing to another. I think you should put in for a pay rise, mate. Now, uh, let's, talk about, <laughs> let's talk about WA. How many of the, uh, the, the list will you take across there? Take a whole lot. Okay. Yeah, so the whole AFL list will be going, plus the uh, majority of support staff as well. So, yeah, we'll all be there for the full week and, and uh, treat it like a normal week here back at home. So our training will, will replicate what we normally do here. Okay, and, and what about in terms of how many players will get exposure and be able to play? I know it's six quarters. Are you planning on trying to give everyone a game? Yeah, we are. So it will actually be seven quarters of Frio games. Okay. So the expectation um, would be the first four quarters will be predominantly AFL v AFL, and then it will sort of be a mixture after that depending on game time. And that really a lot of it's run by the high performance these days. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll have a bit of a sit-down with Frio uh, tomorrow morning, just make sure we've got it all, all uh, you know, everything sorted, so we, you know, can even the teams out after the four quarters as much as possible. So we'll be borrowing some of their development guys as well to make sure that we get a full twenty-two um, in the last few quarters. Um, went and watched the game uh, last Friday night, which was your first hit out. It was an internal trial. There were some really nice uh, moments in there. Isaac Rankin was good. Some of the other young players did some nice things as well. What did you take away from it as a coaching group? Yeah, we, it's really difficult. Everyone says it, and it is. It's so hard to play against yourself. We all know exactly what we're doing. So, you know, we, we just want to get... I mean, we play those games nearly every Friday as well to, during a normal pre-season. So, uh, but it's just another layer to our, to our preparation. So, we, you know, we saw the connection between our, our you know, AFL mids and our AFL forwards, which is great. Um, and that's what we've been working really hard on. 
Um, I thought the first three quarters, obviously, that the AFL team were much were very mm. dominant. And you know, the yellow team actually fought back and gave them something to, to, to look at um, in the last quarter, which was great. So we, we ran scenarios, um, you know, two-minute drills, all those sorts of things. So there was a lot going on. Um, but, yeah, we saw, we saw that the playing group is you know, another year older, another year mat- more mature and stronger. And, yeah, excited about what that's going to bring. Mick, the Crow supporters would have been really thrilled with the development of the Sandful side last season, albeit um, a disappointing end. Uh, is that something that you see growth in moving into 2023 and having that same mentality of not just being competitive but wanting to walk away with the Sandful Premiership? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's our, that's our ultimate goal. We certainly you know that our, our, our primary role, I guess, is to make sure that we have players prepared for AFL footy and to make the AFL team the best they can be. Um, but then secondary to that, you know, we, we, every time we go out there, we want to win. So, and we proved that last year. And I think um, when people do think we don't want to win, uh, I'll often say just come in the change rooms after a loss and you'll know how hard we try to win. So, mm. you know, we, we put a lot of effort in. And because of a couple of reasons, we need to teach these kids to be winners. But we also need to teach them, you know, hard work all the time. It's not, it's not just to go out there, learn your craft, get a little bit better every week. It's, now we go out to battle and we go out to be the best we can be. So it's, you know, if we can do that, we, we, we expect that in time, those guys, when they play AFL and hopefully AFL finals, that they're more ready. Um, Dowling, Bond, Michael Annie, some of the young players that have come to the, uh, the club this year, how's their pre-season been? Yeah, really good. Yeah, those three in particular. Um, Dowling's been, yeah, he's been played at both ends of the ground. We obviously he's a he's a taller mid that'll that'll probably play mainly forward, but we've we've given him a bit of a look down back as well, which is all part of their process of education. Uh, Bondi's you know he's a real powerhouse, and he's uh, he's had a bit of an interrupted preseason, but he he played well on Friday night, and um, yeah he'll go again this week. Um, and Max Max is obviously pretty special for us, and he's uh, you know he's he's playing some really good football, so. Um, yeah, he's a great kid, understands the game. Uh, he's got some leadership qualities. Um, so, yeah, there's a number of other guys too, but those three in particular, yeah, they're going really well. They're the on-field recruits. You recruited Shane Edwards off-field in the development role. Talk to, about, talk to us about his input. Yeah, so Shane's been excellent. Obviously, he's got his role within the Indigenous um, part of the club and what, what he does there to help those guys and to, to, to uh, you know, continue that awareness. But with, uh, with Shane, he comes out onto the track. He Initially, I tried to talk him into playing sample with us. I was going to say, he looks fit enough to have a kick. <laughs> but he sort of pushed back and pushed back. But then uh, on the weekend, I had him doing my running and he got excited again. So I got a little excited as well. So, um, no, nah, he's, he's brilliant. He's a really great character, a great human being. And, you know, in time, I think he's going to bring a great stability to us. Uh, 300 game, three-time premiership player. They've got a fair bit going for him. So... Um, not only that, South Australian, great fella. So yeah, he's uh, yeah he's really good to have a good conversation with because he, he lived a great experience at Richmond. Two and a half hour, three hour flight to Western Australia, Michael Godden. What do you like on the plane? Do you choose who you sit next to? Do you have uh, headphones in, not speaking to anyone, or watch something on your phone or iPad? Please talk us through your routine. Well, back when COVID was on, we had chartered planes. That was brilliant. You had a row to yourself. So not that I need to stretch my legs. Clearly, I'm not very tall. But um, I could do what I want. But no, we don't get to choose who we sit next to. So uh, that's always a bit of a fun fun game, whoever that is. But no, I tend to, yeah, I'm normally watching Vision, to be honest. But 
Uh, on the way over, I won't be. On the way back, I certainly will be. But, uh, yeah, on the way over, I'll probably watch a, I don't know, a Netflix series or something. Who knows? Okay, we like it. All the best for you and the team, and enjoy the time away. It's a, not just a great opportunity to see how you go on the field, but have some um, bonding time off the field too. So, uh, Michael Godden, we appreciate your time on SENSA. No worries. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there you go. Michael Godden there, assistant coach for the Adelaide Football Club, bench coach. He's also... Uh, Coaches the Sandful and midfield development coach as well. So he wears a few hats. What he needs to work out, the most powerful person in a footy club is the team manager, mm. Barry Downs, long-time team manager. He selects the uh, where people sit on the plane. Okay. He also selects who you room with when you go away. Where did you sit on the plane? 1A? No, no. 1B? I, I used to sit next to Nigel Smart uh, a lot. And mm-hmm. we, used, we used to play cards. Okay. A little bit of a card game going What do you on. do now, though? Because you can watch things on your phone. Because I'm very much a headphones in, do not speak to me kind of person. Yeah, I'm reading a book still. I'm a bit old school. Read a book. Maybe watch a series if I can get myself organized. What's your favorite book? Uh, there's, a, there's a book called... Grug. <laughs> no. <laughs> Belonging, written okay. by Owen Eastwood. It's a really interesting read. Uh, so that was good. And then if you get... Once you get a little bit older... You can convince the team manager that you deserve your own room. So you don't have to worry about people snoring and have terrible sort of toilet habits and all those sort of things. <laughs> so fortunately, the back half of my career, I enjoyed the uh, the single room uh, scenario. <laughs> okay. We are here thanks to Ty Bauer, Best Buys on Big, big Brand Sale right now at 29 minutes past seven. Good morning. Eyes buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 21 to 8, 41 degrees today across Adelaide on this Thursday. The best way to stay hydrated is by quenching your thirst with nippies this summer if you're the caller or text of the week. You win that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Bix, we had a couple of texts coming through. Um, one of them suggesting from Michael that Brendan McCullum torpedoes my thoughts straight out of the water. I was talking about the importance mm. of the role of the coach in cricket or the captain um, compared to the AFL. And uh, another one said, McDonald has already failed over his part in the non-selection of Travis Head. That's interesting though, because different, Countries have different selection policies in terms of who picks the side. Some some captains have the final say on who is will, who is in and who is out. So um, I think it's probably done by committee these days. So yeah, McDonald would have uh, been all over that, and uh, yeah, quite rightly would have to put his hand up and say that was a blue because a, they picked him the very next uh, the very next test. Had another one saying, Jared, you are way off. They are exactly the same. So that's fine. We're all about feedback here at SENSA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got one, and some are smelly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How do I clean that up a little bit too? <laughs> I've heard, I've heard another version exactly, of that. Exactly. Yeah, like I said, I cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm amazing how you went because the R sound was leaning to something else, but you went armpit. I'm like, where's he going, but? Save the dad joke until um, 8.30. Okay, so this is called over or under. Do you want to explain how this works? Oh, exactly, because I, I copped a lot of feedback last week. Um, so you you make a statement, and then I say, now this is where it got confusing, I say whether that statement is overs or unders. Mm. And so if you were to say the first one. Yep. Oh, you, want me, you want me to do yeah, it? Let's, okay. Let's do it. Todd Marshall to kick 50 goals this AFL season. Now, because I think Todd might be just shy of that, 
I say that statement is overs. <laughs> Do you? Is that how you see it? Well, I, I think so. I think it's as simple as Todd Marshall to kick 50 goals this AFL season. Over or under? Over or under. And if you think he's going to kick 49, you'll go, no, no, we're overestimating that. I think, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go with that. I think that statement is overs, okay, because I feel like Port Adelaide this year, their forward line is multifaceted. I think Dixon will have a pretty solid season. I think Junior Rioli will play really well. I think they've got uh, Jason Hon Francis to add to that. So Georgiatis is there. So I think they'll spread the goals around this year. That's That statement is overs. Okay, Australia to take 20 wickets in the third test in India. Yeah, that's over up. or under. <laughs> <laughs> that's overs. Uh, we're not bowling them out twice because most likely we'll be bowled out twice and they won't they won't need to bat all the way through twice. A lot will depend on the toss, of course. I also think you and I aren't gamblers. So I think this is almost like a gambling kind of term, <laughs> which anyone who gambles responsibly can let us know what the over and unders yeah, please mean. Please do. I'm confu- I've confused myself. Yeah, because the other thing is when we're going to take a segment to the radio, we probably should plan it a bit more thoroughly about how the bloody <laughs> no, thing no, works. No, just go fly on, uh, on the fly. Okay, Luke Peddler to get 50 votes to win the Rising Star in 2023. Over or under? Um, that statement is overs because Nick Dacos, he got a record 60 votes in 2022, and he was conclusive. Mm. He was the best by a mile. So 50 votes would be outstanding. Now, Luke Pedler, I think, will have a good year, but there's still a question mark. Will his body hold up for the whole year? Uh, will he take the AFL footy and, and, and become the best young player? I'm not certain, so I think that statement is overs. Jared Walsh will break two glasses in the studio <laughs> next week. Now, nah, you... I don't think you're, you're a recidivist. I, I think that was uh, that was pure accident. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a crime of passion. You didn't throw the glass, <laughs> just you, like you threw the cup <laughs> of tea last week. Crime of uh, that's passion. A, that's overs. <laughs> okay, uh, the Matildas will go undefeated in the Women's World Cup. Oh, gee whiz, that's a big statement, isn't it? I I think they can win the World Cup, but I don't think they'll go through undefeated. So uh, that's overs. And the last one, Ken Hinckley to coach 23 matches in 2023. AFL matches, not mm. preseason matches. Ken Hinckley to coach 23 matches in 2023. I'm going unders on that because I think he'll see the year out. I think Port Adelaide will play finals. So he'll coach 23 minor round games and then he'll coach at least one final. Port fans be hoping a number of finals. So I think he and Port Adelaide will have a good year this year. So that's unders. That's a good segment. We just need to work out how to do it. <laughs> Please give us some advice. Uh, 0427 154 166. How do you prefer your overs and unders? Uh, next, we are going to catch up with Paul Hazelby from SENWA to talk about the teams that our teams, Adelaide and Port Adelaide, will be facing this weekend in Western Australia. It's SEN. Good morning. Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills, coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 11 minutes to 8. Good morning. Thanks for listening to us too. You can always get involved in the show if you are listening on 1629 or on the app. We are here live at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, before we have a chat to Paul Hazelby, we had a text coming through. Yes, we did. Just explain the overs and unders for us. Um, Overs and unders is you are overestimating what Walshie has to say. Now, Todd Marshall kicking 50 goals is an overestimate, so I'll bet on him to kick under 50 goals. Yeah, so he's the, Makes un- sense. He's the unders. Okay. Yes. 
So you're betting on the unders. And then he went also went on to say, also, 22 minor round games, not 23, because there's the bye. Hinkley might play in a final, but he ain't winning one. He's a dead duck in the water. Um, almost correct there. The reason there's one extra game is the gather round. So there is actually 24 rounds, 23 games, and uh, yes, he will coach more than 23. What's our text number? 0427-154-166 if you want to get involved. Bix football is finally here. We've said farewell to the intra-club trial matches and both our teams, Adelaide and Port Adelaide, head over to Western Australia to face both the West Coast Eagles and Fremantle respectively to get a bit of an insight into the teams that our teams will be facing. Let's go to former Frio champion and, of course, part of the SEN family, Paul Hazelby. Thanks for your time this morning, Paul. Talk about the weather to start off with because there's a heat wave over here in South Australia and we're hearing it's not much different over in WA. Good morning, boys. Yeah, great to be with you. Uh, how exciting is it to uh, be one more sleep away from some semi-real football because we get sick of those practice games, the intra-clubs against each other. But it has been hot, 39 degrees in some parts of Perth yesterday. Again, uh, you know, heating up today as well. So the boys, they prepare for this, I guess, across the pre-season. But it's going to be on, a good chance for both clubs, so all four clubs, really, to mm. show their wares of how 2023 is going to pan out. Well, let's talk about Frio first of all. They've got some big ins, of course. Um, Luke Jackson comes across the border or comes home. Uh, what impact will he have? And, and tell us about, as a whole, the ins versus the outs. How do you see Frio's off-season? Well, a lot depends on Luke Jackson. I think if you take Luke Jackson's year last year, they lose out. Mm. Because Griffin Logue was a really good defender. Didn't really play defence too often last year. Had to play in the forward line, but he'll be missed. He's been a class player for a fair period. And the other one was Rory Lobb, mm. who was their goal-kicking champion for the year. 38 goals from your forward rucks. A pretty good effort. And I reckon he's the best forward ruck uh, in the competition. So he'll be lost. But what can Luke Jackson do? Can he kick 25 to 30 goals? If he can do that, it looks like they do win because Jager O'Meara is the other one that basically replaces David Mundy, who obviously retired after his 18 seasons. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy, but they are talking a lot about Luke Jackson down there, boys. They mm. love him. They reckon he's an absolute freak with what they're seeing, particularly his athleticism around the ground, his explosion from stoppages. They're tempted, I think, to play him in different positions, maybe as a midfielder. But I think first and foremost, they want to try and improve his forward craft, get him kicking up towards 30 goals. And if that's the case... I think they have a net win over the off-season. Yeah, let's talk about the the combination of the ruck because Darcy, of course, is a really, really good player, one of the best ruckmen in the competition. What will that mix look like? Of course, Jackson did it with Gorn. They were able to, I guess, move Gorn forward and he becomes dangerous there. Can Darcy go forward and kick a goal? He can. Right at this point in time, I think Sean Darcy has a better forward craft than what we've seen from Luke Jackson. Now, that could change a bit because at Melbourne they had a lot of other options. At Fremantle... You know, they've got the young kid, Jai Amos, that's pushing through. Matt Tabner is going to have to really compete for his spot this year. So I'm expecting it to probably start 60-40. But let's be honest, if you pay a lot of money for Luke Jackson, you give up a lot of draft capital, you want him to develop into your number one ruckman. Mm. And I feel over time that could be his position. And maybe Sean Darcy can use his forward now in the front half to really impact the scoreboard. Okay, now here's where we get the big bucks from you. Want to know where Freeman will finish in your eyes this year? Uh, they're in between two and six for mine. Everything going well, like it did last year. They had a really good run with injuries, and that hasn't always been the case with Frio. They changed up their medical department a lot two and three seasons ago. 
and they got the rewards last year. So if they can stay fit, I think they can go as high as two and, you know, around that four through to six area. You just look at their players. There's so much upside. They're still the third youngest team in the comp, but you go from the back line. Heath Chapman is going to improve. Hayden Young's going to improve. I think Brennan Cox still got a lot of improvement in him. So there's three there. You've got Jordan Clark, who had a really good breakout year after crossing from Geelong. Last season, in the front half, Michael Frederick. You've also got Caleb Sarong, who's going to improve. Andrew Brayshaw, has he hit the ceiling? We're not quite sure, but he was voted the best player in the comp last year by his peers. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got Will Brody, who uh, was sensational crossing from Gold Coast last year. And Jai Amos is the big one. For me, he's the critical piece. Can he get 40 goals? Because, boys, this guy doesn't miss. He's a sharp shooter, so I'm not expecting him to get 100 shots this year. But I'm expecting to get around 60 if he plays every game. And I know with his accuracy, that 60 could translate to 40 goals, 20. Is it just a matter of time until Andy Brayshaw is announced as captain? Or are there a couple of other names that may pop up before the real season begins? I'm on the Andrew Brayshaw train, believing that he has to be part of the captaincy group, whether they go singular or they do double up with two. But boys, he's not the favourite. Alex Pearce is the favourite. He's the incumbent. He's the one that took over from Nathan Fife when he had his injury concerns last year. He's done a terrific job. The boys love him. He's very popular. He's got a massive presence. The only downside is we haven't seen the best of him all the time because he does get injured and he has long layoffs, but they love him. And I'd love to see the two of them potentially together do it because if you did lose Alex Pierce, you've got Brayshaw ready to go. He hasn't done much wrong in his career. He, he probably went through a bit of hardship the first two or three years before he became a star, and that's what I like. Caleb Sarong's the other one who's been mentioned, but he's only three years in, boys, but they do love his leadership. And David Mundy, of course, who left the club, AFL legend, he reckons he's the heir apparent. He should be the next one in line. But I'd just like to see him, you know, just work out how difficult, I guess, AFL life can be. Have some ups and downs before you're ready to captain a football club. Okay, let's uh, flip across to the West Coast Eagles. Um, in my eyes, the most disappointing team in, of last year's season. How are they going to recover? I, I know they've still got, you know, they've got Hearn, Gaff, Nicknack, Yo, Shuey, Darling, McGovern. They, they've got enough senior players there, but do they get on the park often enough? Well, last year, no. This year, have they, have they been able to get a decent preseason into some of those experienced players? They have. They really have. And that could be the difference because they have admitted that they were overweight, that they let things slip. And I think they started to let things slip maybe when COVID hit and they had to go into the hub on the Gold Coast. You did hear some murmurings at that time that they weren't the best behaved. They are probably drinking a little bit more than some of the other clubs. Last year was just a horror year. Everything went wrong from COVID, injuries, unfit. But they've come back. They're rejuvenated. They're a proud club. We know that. They've been one of the best for a long time. But what they don't have is the players in the age bracket of 21 mm. through to 26, like most of the other clubs, like Fremantle, who those players that I just mentioned that are three, four, and five years in. They've got a really good draft crop this year. Elijah Hewitt's come across, Ruben Gimby. They're talking up this kid called Noah Long, who looks like he's going to be a starter in the front half. Uh, Jai Cully is another one. So you can't expect too much in your first season from those guys. And for that reason, I think if they get one or two injuries to key guys and personnel, then that's when they become vulnerable. And that's why they won't be in the final eight. But um, if they do get too many injuries, you do wonder whether they'll be bottom four once again.
it couldn't have gone much worse for West Coast last season. Paul, there was a, even a, a stage where Adam Simpson didn't really know the players that were going to take to the field <laughs> during the game. He didn't really know their names. Uh, we know that this year is going to be different. Where do you see the improvement, uh, the fitness of someone like Oscar Allen or who are the names that we can look out for, especially when Port Adelaide prepare to take them on this weekend and, of course, the Crows after that? The comeback players are super important. Elliot Yo, they believe, is back to his best. Now, he's had three horror years with osteitis pubis, and I'm not sure if you had a pitch, but it's a nightmare yep. to play with. But he's back to his very best, super fit, flying. They do have the big question of where to play him because, you know, in my opinion, he can be All-Australian half-back, but he can also be that All-Australian midfielder that we've seen. So they get back him back into the frame. Oscar Allen basically replaces Josh Kennedy, even though Josh Kennedy has been a star for a long time. We know he was ageing. Oscar's best year up to this date is 28 goals. So they're going to need more than that. Up around 40 to 50 would be a good outcome. Jack Darling is back fully fit up until he did hurt his ankle in recent times. So they're going to need a fair bit out of that duo in the front half. But McGovern's back. He's flying, going very well. I think with him out last year, we saw the emergence of Tom Barras. He was just terrific. Mm. Tim Kelly is another one that... um, you know, we've said this a few times about him because every preseason he looks like he's getting fitter, but he is absolutely flying as well. Tom Cole uh, gives them a bit of coverage down back, a bit of speed, and change of direction in the back half. I think they missed, missed that last year. And Jaden Hunt, the other one that's come across from Melbourne, can provide that run and dash as well. Well, Paul, thanks for that uh, pretty comprehensive wrap-up there. We're going to be watching closely, and I'm sure throughout the year we'll be talking to you uh, fairly regularly. Likewise, boys. I think it's going to be a big year for your two clubs. I've got Port into the top four, and I reckon Adelaide could surprise and be around that top eight mark. Very good to have Paul Hayes will be one of our own here at SEN to join us on Breakfast this morning. Good morning. Bickley and Jared Walsh. Good morning to you at two minutes past eight. 41 degrees across Adelaide today and tomorrow, and it cools down a little bit. Uh, Mark Bickley, I want you to start thinking about this. Before the end of the show, we not only are going to play some of our mistakes, but some of the highlights of the week. We also need to let our listeners know who needs to pull their socks up, thanks to All Day Socks by Underworks, pass every comfort test. Have you had a brief think about I, that yet? I have had a think about it, and I've also had to think about that first statement that you made where we play some of our bloopers and some of our highlights. Could they possibly be the same thing? I've made heaps this week, I'll be honest. And the the thing is, I used to, in our former radio life, mm. get excited when you used to make mistakes. But All now I'm, I'm talking a little bit more. And every time I make a mistake in my head, I'm thinking, oh, did on, anyone hear that? That's on the highlight reel. Yeah. Oh, I mean, highlight is also probably not the word to use because <laughs> it's it's not a highlight. Um, we, we asked a couple of questions this morning on social media. And we wanted you to think about, first of all, South Australian players that your team could Mm. have, as in in the past and now the present. And you've taken this on a whole new tangent, Bix, about a needs basis for your club. Exactly. Because if you go back and you say you could have any player from the past, it's really easy to think, oh, Stephen Kernahan or Matthew Pavlich or Malcolm Blight. But right now, if you put Stephen Kernahan in Adelaide's side with Walker, Phil Thorpe, Fogarty, course you would have him because he would be a star but they don't really need a forward right now do they no but the the Adelaide Crows of the early 2000s Matthew mm. Pavlich would have been fantastic and so would have sticks Kernahan yes they would have been it could have been the missing piece so so and also right now Adelaide they're not really I don't think 
seriously challenging for the premiership, but when they will seriously challenge is in a couple of years' time. So getting someone who's 30 years of age for right now might not be the right move, but getting someone who's 21 who has the potential to be the next big star of the game as they move into their their window opening, that could be a, a strong consideration as well. So who are, who are you thinking for a needs basis for the Adelaide Crows in 2023? We are saying we South bring Australian him, bring players home. bring them home. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going, th- this is slightly controversial and I don't know if it's allowed, but can we bring Connor Rosie home? <laughs> he's South Australian. <laughs> Technically he's already home, but I want to bring him down Port Road and maybe shoot him into the, because uh, he, he is dynamic. He's going to be one of the, the gun midfielders. Already is. He's, he's an All-Australian. He won the best and fairest last year. What is he? 22 years of age. He is a, if not already a star of the competition, he will be. So I'll allow it. That's who I would bring to the club. Other considerations. Nasaya. Wanganine Miller, who debuted last year, he's still a teenager, but he's a beautiful build. He's over six foot. He is the best kick in the draft last year. He's outside. He runs, he carries, he delivers. I think that's a, that's a missing piece for Adelaide as well. Mm-hmm. So he is another strong consideration. And the other one, and this is, uh, this is absolutely uh, sort of crystal balling gazing, uh, which is... Someone like Matthias Filippo, who was a high draft pick this year. That's a big call. He hasn't played a game. He hasn't played a game, but he's got big raps. He's he's the Marcus Bontempelli style player. He is six foot three and a half. He plays midfield. He goes forward. He kicks a goal. To me, that is a missing piece that Adelaide have. They have got some good midfielders, but they don't have that. Paddy Cripps, Marcus Bontempelli, mm. that big bot Petrarca, big bodied mid who can do it in the midfield and then do it in the forward half. I'm just moving my microphone because I know that this is the sentence which is going to be used on our social media today of mm. you making these comparisons. So you will be going viral today with those no, no, comments. No. All I'm saying, <laughs> Connor Rosie is my choice, yes. but they were the considerations that I had. Okay. Nazia Wanganine, Matthias Filippo, because I feel like they feel an absolute need for Adelaide. I would have loved to see Michael O'Loughlin play for Port Adelaide. That would have been good. So that's a player of the past. Now I'm looking mm. for the needs bases, as you said, because I was thinking of players like Cozzy Pickett, mm. but now, as we mentioned, Orazio Fantasia, fully fit. Junior. Junior. Um, the same kind of applies then to Jesse Motlop, who I reckon would have been very good for Port Adelaide. Brayden Ma- uh, Maynard, a bit of mongrel oh, in defence. Yes, did, did would have been it. handy for Adelaide. Um, yes. Lockie Neal, of course, would be good anywhere. Just the wrong sort of age demographic for me. Yes. Uh, Will Haywood from Sydney. Um, Harrison Petty from Melbourne too. So I've got a, got a couple of options. I feel for a needs basis, yes. yes, defensively, Port Adelaide would love someone. And I love the development of Dante Vicentini. And I like the development of Bryn Tickle. But I would like to see the combo of Brody Grundy and Scott Lysett. Ooh, you're going with Brody Grundy. Now, for a needs basis now for Port Adelaide over this year and potentially the next couple to compete for a flag. Salary you, you, cap means nothing. No, that's it. Salary cap's out. You, you don't have any qualms about the fact that he didn't play last year and the year before he sort of came off that such a high peak that he'd, he'd set. Like, But we know what he can do. And then if he is injured or doesn't play, we've got Dante Vicentini there. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> the, the one name that you mentioned is interesting. Harrison Petty, uh, I think he's massively underrated. Mm. And I think that a player like that, 
who can just do the lockdown job and allow uh, Aaliyah to be that sort of free-flowing defender, I think that could be important as well. So um, don't discount that name. We asked a couple of questions on social media too with our poll. Who is Port Adelaide's greatest ever player in the club's era? Gavin Wanganeen, Warren Treadray, Travis Boak or Ollie Wines? Uh, you needed someone to pull their socks up because of this poll straight away there, Bixby. <laughs> well, we, we could combine the two uh, two little segments there. How um, S-E-N-S-A, which is inclusive of myself, I'll put my hand up here. How we, <laughs> how we didn't get Robbie Gray into those four. We had feedback, it's safe it, to say. It, it's, it's an oversight, and Robbie would be right up there. I still uh, am leaning towards um, Warren Treadray. What are the numbers saying, Jared? 51.6% for Treaders, 255 for Gavin Wanganeen, 218 for Travis Boak. And Ollie Wines with 1.1%, but he's still got a long way to go. Yeah. So you want he's our... still adding to his picture, isn't he? Yeah. And I like how you collectively said the whole SENSA team, apart from yourself there, needing to no, no, pull I their socks. I, I said I put my hand up and I'm inclusive in that. We're, we're a team. All day socks by <laughs> Underworks pass every comfort test. The other one who is the best bowling pair in international cricket history, 85.4% um, uh, suggesting Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath. You know what? That poll could have been Shane Warne and inserted any other name yeah. <laughs> and he still would have been Jason the... Crazier <laughs> thank you for getting involved on the poll uh, next well this is the moment we wait for every week we're going to get Jace back into the studio who's really struggling with elephantitis of the leg at the moment it's safe to say but he's uh, he's fully fit and he's been he's actually dragged himself mm. from a hospital bed yes. to come back and play our mistakes and bloopers and highlights from the week we'll do it after this on SENSA Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Quarter past eight on this Thursday morning, 41 degrees today. If you want to send us a text, 0427 154 all right, Mark Bickley, it's time. Thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. They are the best in SA. I haven't told you, but Con has made some personalised mugs for us to have here in Studio Lumo, in the case that we don't break them. So one for you, one for me, and one for Excellent. Jace, our producer as well. Who's going to do this? Mugs for mugs. <laughs> I like that. Uh... Only a select few get to make that walk. Yes, uh, it is our, well, what are we calling it? Our Brecky Brownlow, our mm. best of yeah, it's whatever like a you title. want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some fun with it anyway. Um, look, I, I have to play this off the start. Uh, this is one of my favourite themes. And maybe we will replace the segment theme there with this. Captain of the Oz, you know that you're in danger, but you need it pointing out. Straight out of that, we go into this. When Alex Carey is making it home, don't go near him when he's reversing. Oh. I like that. Uh, it's a good one. That I don't a, think you, you can be mean about Alex Carey, though. Well, it's it's clearly... Uh, it's banter. It's mocking him. With, with oh, reverse it? sweeping. <laughs> oh, really? If you live near Alex and he's reversing out of his driveway, steer clear. 
Thank you, Captain Obvious. Not once, but twice. It always happens when Fringe is on. Exactly, and particularly around the end of Feb, hottest month of the year in South Australia, February. And, of course, the nippies on is just nothing more refreshing than cracking into one of them. You've gone two Captain oh, Obviouses on. in the one statement. Hang on. What about... Uh, what I about... thought that was going towards me then. I'm all for this now. <laughs> <laughs> January's a hot month. No, well, you're right. is a hot month. Yeah. I'm just sort of pointing it out. Yeah, well, and the first one was a text message. I'm, I'm with you on this, Spix. Oh, I mean... Nah, just give him more. I'm going to put the crash helmet on. <laughs> Here you are getting looked after and you want to fight. We, we'll get to you in a minute, Mr Walsh. We'll get to you shortly. But the other thing I love is a good pun and uh, you, you're flying in this segment when mm. you do something on the same day it goes to air. Jared... You are way off. They are exactly the same. So that's fine. We're mm. all about feedback here at SENSA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got one and some are smelly. <laughs> <laughs> just, I really like that. Well, on listening to that I back, love that. it did get very close yeah, to where it, it could have went. But Bix, the thing that I was most excited about mm. having the opportunity to work with you again oh, is that please. you're actually quite funny. Oh. And this is a, a chance for people to see you being funny, and I like it. Well, it's, it's going to reach sort of higher up the Richter scar with the dad joke later yeah, today. It's not yeah. too far away. I like it. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm going to get that back one. to the puns in a minute, but uh, first of all, uh, Mark Bickley won vote, and this was actually the reason why. Mm. Did you see? I sent an image. I was at Bunnings on the weekend, and I saw your plaque opened by Mark Bickley. Mm. I was listening to something. Uh, Might have been SENWA where they were talking and they were interviewing. I can't recall which player it was, but they said the similar type thing. This must be a, a phenomenon that uh, the Bunnings are going with. The celebrities. sports mm. people to open their stores. Do you get a discount there? I haven't actually been back there. I generally <laughs> go to the... <laughs> I'm sort of... <laughs> Hasn't been back to that specific <laughs> store because I live a long way away. Bunnings are a wonderful means so organisation. Much. <laughs> I love it. It's, uh, yeah, one vote, M. Bickley. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> now, I, I mentioned I do love a good pun. Um, every, all of them fail in comparison to one that you're going to hear for the first time, boys, but our listeners will be very familiar with. We're going to call this maybe the Adam Cooney Award uh, for, for this masterstroke uh, about six months ago. A monkey doesn't let go of a branch until he's got a hold of another one. <laughs> now, that was in response to rumours that Ken Hinckley might be looking at heading off to Essendon. Okay. Um, so that's the sort of stuff we're up against. Well, Paul Hazelby. Two votes for this absolute ripper. Caleb Sarong's the other one who's been mentioned, but he's only three years in, boys, but they do love his leadership. And David Mundy, of course, who left the club, AFL legend, he reckons he's the heir apparent. He should be the next one in line. But That's got everything, that, hasn't he, it? That, that was an Mundy, accident. It was an accident. was an accident. Surely Paul did not mean to do that. The heir apparent. Yeah. I think he's, just, he's playing us on a break. Yeah. I think when he mentioned David Mundy, he just... Sort of thought, you know. If that was on purpose, it's not funny. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's two votes, three votes. I don't even know why we're debating it. There's nothing to debate. First of all, there was this earlier in the week. We were shattered, um, and, and so were the other people in the pub watching it. It was it was quite amazing to see how people were react were reacting. Ryan, we appreciate your time as always on SENSC. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's the South what East station region. are we on? Yeah, the um, South East. We, we broadcast to the South East <laughs> if they've got the app. I'm but, just, we, we're everywhere. It's radio. But we know that's not why. Well, I thought Mark you... Bickley, name all of your children. Shane, 
Natasha, Alicia, Tyson and Xavier. There you go. I just not... <laughs> so clear. <laughs> I was so shocked that you got that right. It's my turn to knock over a glass in just, the studio. Just little backhander. I've literally just smashed a glass that's in the right. studio. That's all right. We've all done it. I thought that was going to be because of the sort of inaneness of the question. The, yeah, to well, name my children. If I, if I miss that, I would have just packed well, up the bags it. and gone home. But I'm, then you I'm, were so shocked you smashed the glass. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't call one of your kids Justin Horn Francis, which you did all week. <laughs> How that missed? I was sort of. I was, I was appreciating the fact. Give me a spell. I spent three days in a hospital. All right. Thank Back you so on. much for that, Jay. <laughs> Thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. The dad joke next, and we'll wrap up the show too. Good morning. Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's. 26 minutes past 8, 41 degrees today. Uh, we do have the Signet Boost Power Bank valued at 59.95. The Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. We are going to give that away to Paul today, Bix, on the text line. Yeah, he said, entirely correct on cricket captaincy. Cricket coaches are just that, not managers as in the EPL. Can you imagine Ian Chappell or Don Bradman taking a crack seat? I think he meant back seat to a coach. I said crack seat earlier too. <laughs> not a chance, so Paul. Congratulations, mate. You've got uh, that Signet Boost Power Bank. Uh, we also had a text message from Callum saying he's really excited to watch the footy tonight because it does begin tonight. It does indeed because uh, Friday night is not far away where the two local teams play, but tonight, uh, or I should say earlier this afternoon, really, yeah, Geelong and Hawthorne are having uh, a match which starts at 3.30. You can get that on KO or Foxtel. Yep. And then a little bit later, uh, 4.30 in the afternoon, Gold Coast taking on the Bombers. So, Hawthorne are a real interesting one for me. They've, they've, in some respects, moved on a lot of their older Cleared players. Cleared out a lot, yeah. yeah. Mitchell and O'Meara. New and captain. McAvoy and, and others have retired or gone to other clubs. Uh, they've got this exciting bunch of youngsters. They've drafted in a lot of players that have got speed. And Sam Mitchell says we're going to be playing really attacking footy. So... I think they're going to be up and down this year, but uh, more down than up. Uh, we will get stage. in touch with the winner for the uh, Nippies ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices in the Cricket Stump Esky 2. Now, Bix, we have reached the end mm. of the week, which means it's over to you for the dad joke because everybody's been building up for the past three days for your weekly dad joke, and yeah. we like to finish the week with that, even though it's a Thursday. And, and I know we're reasonably new with, to this show, yeah. and I just want to state, this is not my idea. This is done at your request. I'm a little bit worried about it because I think people will think I'm a tool. No, they do. And what, and you, I used to, and what um, you're saying is, no, 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 people like dad jokes. So on your... The dad joke won't change the tool thing, but I've, um, <laughs> I ambushed you and filmed you doing dad jokes on social media, but mm. I think it just adds to your personal right. brand. So this is what I'm doing today. Uh, and it's, it's sort of a problem that I have because for some reason I can only remember 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, I think. What do you think? No, I think it's pretty good. (laughs) I think it's pretty good.
But everyone's laughing at the moment. We just need to make sure that people aren't in their cars when you tell those Driving dad jokes. Off the road, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a real problem. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved on the text line and calling us up this week on 1300 736 736. Um, for those of you who missed the show, you can check out the podcast. Everything is on there. Enjoy the footy. Next week, we're going to be getting a wrap-up for the Crows and Port games too. Bix, it's been a pleasure, mate. Yep, you too. Stay cool. We'll catch you next week. Stay cool in this 41 degrees.